Hi, and welcome to our casual episode number 18. Today we're going to be looking into a few facts, fun facts, for the matter revolving around the internet. Let's be more specific. We're going to talk about four facts. Yes, we didn't go with three, we didn't go with five, we didn't, we didn't go with seven, we didn't even go with 13. Four is the magic number for casual bits, and that's what we're sticking with. <laughs> Sounds good? Sounds, Sounds good. perfect. Okay, let's begin. We each have two facts for each other. Um, so first we're going to state the fact, uh, sorry, first we're going to state the question, then the other person guesses, and we take it from there. Sounds good? Let's go. Okay, I'll be asking the first question, and mind, it's a trick question. When did the first cybercrime happen? What do you think? I'm thinking more in the lines in 1970s or 80s. Why is that? I, I don't know, that's right, I don't know, a decade after the internet was founded, and it seems like it, it makes sense before everyone figured it out. Well, your guess would be reasonable but uh, it's totally wrong the first cybercrime and that's according to my source and uh, disclaimer for everything uh, sources were not exactly scrutinized but we looked into it but we trusted our sources uh, and my source says that um, the first cybercrime has happened in 1834 yes i'm going to say it again 1834 uh, and it's said that the Blank brothers infiltrated the French telegraph system by bribing a telegraph operator and they stole some financial market information. So they made some money on that and the scam was actually uncovered, I think, two years later, but they couldn't be convicted <laughs> due to a simple reason. There was no appropriate law to, you know, acknowledge that this was a crime or anything. <laughs> No way, Jose. <laughs> I mean, it's really old school scam. Uh, but I, I have a I have a story if we have time. We have, it's our podcast. Um, this could still happen in modern days. I have to say that uh, on top of digital banking, I also use conventional banking. And my bank sent me a new credit card. And they also sent me the PIN number for the card. Their safety precaution was okay. We'll send this into two in in two different envelopes, and one will come on Monday, and the other one will come on Thursday. Well, somebody messed up, and both of them came on the same day with the same person in the same mailbox, <laughs> which was unlocked. So, boy, do I wish I was your postman for that day. <laughs> uh, oh well, you live, you learn. I sent an email strongly worded don't do this again but i don't have my hopes up yeah you'll see in the next uh two or three years when your card expires <laughs> yeah oh it's gonna happen so what day was it you said monday right <laughs> i didn't say anything <laughs> cool okay let's move on uh, i believe second one is yours okay so um a question for you gaspar so how common do you think cyber crime is and maybe to, to put a more specific question, if we have a hundred people, how many of a hundred people would you have have had their financial data leaked or uh, stolen? Hmm. Okay, thinking back, I had my credit card abused once. 
So I guess I'm counting I'm counting counting myself towards the people that had their information leaked. So I would say like I don't know 50 out of 100, maybe 60, a lot. Okay. So you're you're not far off. It's one in five people. So um one in five people have had their financial information leaked in a data breach including their credit card information so that was you so that includes like 14 percent of people and debit card information around 12 percent of people and bank account or routing number is six percent so another interesting fact here is that 42 percent of victims learned their information had been leaked directly from the breached company and even more 43 that's one percent more learned of the breach from media reports okay interesting very interesting yeah. i would just uh, have to say that uh, probably the information was stolen directly for from the physical mailbox right as in my <laughs> yeah, case right from your experience. <laughs> <laughs> nice. okay moving you on weren't that um, far yeah moving on my next uh well my last fact or uh, interesting thingy do you know what is an evil internet minute honestly i have i have no clue okay take a guess so evil how much evil minute. happens on the internet um per minute whoa, whoa whoa okay okay that's exactly correct uh i found <laughs> it on on one company website i think it's called risk iq or something uh, it's their marketing site, so not sure if that information is correct, but even if it's just an approximation, still, still, still very relevant. So Evil Internet Minute is a method of framing how much evil stuff happens in the context of one minute. Uh, and here I have, I think, four items. Uh, I'm just going to read through them. Of course, they are uh, scaled to one minute, so we get uh, interesting, interesting numbers. So apparently 1.5 organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks every minute. And uh, here's another one with an average cost to the business of $15,000. That's that's quite a lot, huh? So that's 15 times 60 to get for an hour. And that seems like a whole lot of money <laughs> every every hour. It even gets better. Apparently 0.17, so that would be two in every 10 minutes uh so every 10 minutes we get two mobile apps blacklisted due to malicious activities and the same goes for uh, phishing domains apparently 0.21 new phishing domains are created every minute that would be two domains per 10 minutes and uh, let's go forward last but not least apparently every minute 0.1 new sites so uh that would mean one new site every 10 minutes is running the coin hive cryptocurrency mining script are you familiar with that one yeah I, I, this is one of actually my my good topics and i i i'm not gonna say i love, love coin hive but i i love talking about it since um i've heard a lot of things about it even troy hunt uh, and brian krebs one of the two security researchers in the world covered this topic quite a lot and i followed it so uh coin hive is a crypto mining service that relies on a small chunk of computer code to be installed on websites 
In simple terms, this means you put a JavaScript code on your website or a malicious actor does it for you. And it means that all the visitors that visit this website have their computing power used for mining Monero, a cryptocurrency that is pretty much private and impossible to track in regards to cryptocurrencies. Um, yeah, so that's what they do. Um, evil actors inject this CoinHive script into your website and they're basically collecting cryptocurrencies from millions on websites at, at the same time. But if that happens for what one site per 10 minutes, the revenue must be enormous. Yeah, it, but they're also what, what they also do is they're also like blacklisting. So the JavaScript inserted into the website has to have a certain URL in which the CoinHive library lives and ad blockers and, and other um, firewall configurations and stuff like that. Make sure to block so that sort of script. So I think they're catching up to them and also CoinHive officially shut down i think some some time ago so they're just using forks of that okay got it thank you uh, i have another fun fact which is not so complex with uh, 0 0.1 or 0 0.21 or 0 0.4 uh, i just read somewhere that uh, a hacker attack happens every 39 seconds on the web so that's so while we were talking at least 10 10 attacks or 20 happened Hmm, interesting. Okay, this video will be what uh 15 minutes long? Maybe. Nah. We're in we're just entering the 10th minute. Somewhere yeah, it's gonna there. be so, 11 uh, minutes, don't worry. It's gonna uh okay, so well that means like 20 attacks during this video. Damn. I'm scared. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um I think yours is next, right? Okay. Let's see what it is and passwords. Yeah. So the um, okay, I'm I'm sure you're gonna guess this one, but what do you think the most common password is? Password. Oh no no no, password. One number because you have to enter the number usually. Okay, that's uh, uh, close, but uh, that's really close. But even before people weren't so original and are not so original nowadays uh so still the most common password is one two three four five six it's easier wow. than typing an actual word on your keyboard you just scroll from one to six and that, it's that's really terrible that's really basic sorry i'm so shocked about this how <laughs> wow people change your passwords now yeah, do it because one two three four five six is still used by more than 23 million people and i'm not shocked about this next fact that 90 percent of people are concerned about having their passwords compromised <laughs> yeah. well it's one two three four oh wow <laughs> okay so uh a lot of people don't use password managers so the statistics is 53 percent of people rely on their memories to handle passwords and more than 60% of people use the same password for their job and personal apps. People, please don't do that. It's not, it's not good. It's not safe. It's even if your employee employee gets a hold to your password, they will have access to all of your personal stuff. And uh, the next interesting one is that 59% of Americans use a person's name or a family member's name or birthday as a password. And the most shocking one for last. 
50% of people use the same password for all of their logins. So for banking or for Gmail or for Facebook, Instagram, any social media, half of, half of the people use the same password, which is really, again, people, please don't do that. I'm just thinking about some parallels. If you use a password manager, you actually use a master password. So you're using the same password for everything. But in that case, you're double protected because of a seed phrase and everything, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. So what is an ideal password? I mean, I know that we are prompted by uh, by basically all the websites use you know, one capital letter, at least one number, at least one special symbol. But there's also another thingy, a phrase. And uh, for everybody who's interested in that, um, please check out our episode about custodial and non-custodial wallets. Uh, there we have a short bit about which password is better. Uh, is that a phrase or maybe a just complex string of X, W, small e, seven, eight, nine, exclamation mark, Period, period, dash, seven, eight, three, three, five. <laughs> okay, now seven. you're just going to drive this episode into 15 minutes just because of that. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. Sorry. <laughs> that's what, I mean, that's what Casual Bits is all about. People come here for this, for seven, eight, nine, three, two, dash, eight, five, five, three, two. Please keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to stop. Uh, okay, you've got, according to my timer here, you have 52 seconds for the outro. Go. So <laughs> we're we're wrapping up with the passwords, and we really have a hot, hot topic for you next time in the next episode. Stay tuned and make sure to subscribe. This is it. We're done. Peace out. Thank you, everybody. Have a good one. Ciao. Bye.